episode of barbershop sports talk with me your host daryl d lane always whether you're listening via the lnm radio network the columbia south carolina radio app or soundcloud i want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day you got a lot of good stuff for you so the brown the browns finally won a game 635 days that's probably we're going to start there coming up around 30 35 minutes gonna have my brother from another mother scotty johnson coming on the show gonna talk to scotty about some a little bit what's going on with social issues and and football gonna talk to scotty about some basketball because we know scotty is gonna have a lot of stuff to dish on on what's going on with jimmy butler carl anthony towns and andrew wiggins and we're gonna ask him if he thinks andrew wiggins wants that smoke that smoke smoke from stephen jackson gonna tell you a lot about that drama but also we have joe sabic with us how are you doing joe i'm doing good how about you and we have kyle the cameraman Thank you. Because we're trying to get this show on simulcast, so we're just going to all see how it is today. But before we start, I do want to remind everybody the LNM Radio Network is listener funded. So if you can donate any money at all, just go to LNM, the LNM Radio Network, press the donate button. Every little bit helps, whether it's 5, 10, 20, 30, you know how. Whether it's a $1, any bit helps to help donate for the LNM Radio Network because it is listener funded. But first, here's what I want to talk about. So we got. Baker Mayfield here. So first of all, the Browns, Browns versus Jets, Thursday Night Football, nationally televised, you know, showcase game, right? The Browns are down 14-0, and it's like, here we go again, same old freaking Browns. And then you know what happens? Tyrod Taylor is concussed. Don't wish nobody to get concussed, you know, it's tragic. And actually watching Tyrod, I was like, damn, this is why we got rid of him in Buffalo. And then I shed a tear after the game, actually, because then I realized Tyrod is our best quarterback. He would be our best quarterback. He's better than Nathan Peterman and Josh Allen. But when Baker Mayfield came in for Tyrod Taylor, who was playing atrociously, you just saw a spark. You know, you saw this, you know, this little extra energy from the Browns you weren't seeing before in the game. Finally, the offensive line was blocking. Receivers were trying to catch passes. The defense was playing more invigorated. And here's something I do want to tell you. I don't want to make bold predictions right now, but I thought the Browns had a very talented team. And with Baker Mayfield, this team can make the playoffs. The Steelers got the issues. Joe Flacco sucks, and the Bengals, we know they're all suspect when it comes to postseason time. So right now, to me, I would not be surprised if the Browns made the playoffs. But here's what I want to start with, as always, our new segment. So my name's Daryl. 
This my other brother Daryl. And that over there, that's my cousin Daryl. So I'm about to tell you what's going on in the world of sports, according to me, Daryl. Daryl Lane. You got it, okay? Yeah, that Daryl guy, he knows so much. So we're going to listen to Daryl. Okay, this is the first thing I got. 8-8 eight and eight in my week two NFL predictions. You know, we had some wins, we had some losses. I was 8-8 eight and eight last week for week one, 8-8 eight and eight for week two again. Kind of a little frustrated because I'm 16-16. and 16. I was biting my nails and waiting anxiously to wait how all the games would turn out. I was 6-8 and eight going into the Sunday night game. But then, one Sunday night, then I won Monday night, so now I'm back, 500, 8-8, sad, sad to say, I had to tell everybody, I predicted the Jets to win last night, so I'm starting off week 3-0-1, but that will get better. Okay, Jimmy Butler trade rumors, T-Wolf star requests his deal, gives short list of teams, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Butler has three preferred teams, the Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Clippers, and New York Knicks, personally for me, the Knicks, the Clippers, the Nets, those are, well, which dumpster fire do you want? Do you want the second team, the ugly stepchild in Los Angeles, the Clippers, who are, more, who are more known for Donald Sterling and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul having beef than actual basketball winning success, the Brooklyn Nets, who I only remember because Jay-Z used to be like a part-time owner, or the New York Knicks, who I remember when Charles Oakley was fighting people in the arena, in the garden. So. Jimmy Butler wants to go to those three teams. I don't know why. Report Tom Brady would divorce Bill Belichick if he could. According to a passage in Belichick, the making of the greatest football coach of all time, a source with knowledge of the dynamic between Brady and Belichick intimated Brady isn't enthused about the prospect of playing for the 66-year-old coach anymore. If you're married for someone to eight years, a grouchy person who gets under your skin never compliments you after a while, you want to divorce him. The source said, you know, Bill Belichick wasn't blowing kisses to Tom Brady when he when he was young, when he was beautiful, and he was out there when they were winning Super Bowls in the early 2000s. He ain't blowing kisses to him now, and now that he's 40 years old, a little old, a little gruffy in the face. It's still Bill. Bill's a jerk. Tom's Tom. What's new? Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao Part 2. Oh, my God, this is just so interesting to me. Senior writer for At The Ring magazine, Mike Kupinger, says, Mayweather Pacquiao are in advanced stages, and it's expected that their contracts for this week will be finalized according to industry sources. Once finalized, the fight will land in Las Vegas and the two target dates are December 1st and December 8th. The fight that we never wanted to see again. The pillow punching Floyd Mayweather versus the old washed up Manny Pacquiao. I don't wanna see it. I don't like it. I'm not fond of it, but we're gonna see it again and all of us are gonna get played like fools. Big time reports, according to David Miniman, Michael Jordan will be involved in LeBron James Space Jam sequel. MJ with LeBron in the movie, can't wait. That seems like a dynamic that I just would love to see. I'm gonna be at Space Jam, I'm gonna get the movie. My friend Taekwon TQS, you can check him out on SoundCloud, a rapper, affectionately always tells me that LeBron James is the best player ever because he was in a second Space Jam. That's still asinine and ignorant, and I still tell Taekwon about that to this day. But nonetheless, you have MJ and LeBron. So what I would ask Taekwon if he's listening right now, so does that still mean MJ's the GOAT and LeBron's just GOAT number two? Okay, the other big breaking news we have. Maroon 5 will play the halftime of the Super Bowl. It's not really my choice, not my type of style. Like a couple of their songs, I like the Sugar song, I think, isn't that a song? But gonna be interesting. I think we still need to get Beyonce back up there personally. That's just my opinion. But who the hell listens to me anyway? The trifecta coming back for one more season, dipping at halftime and retiring? Carson Wentz will start versus the Colts. 
On this Sunday, after being medically cleared from his knee injury, Dwayne Wade announces his return to the Miami Heat for one more season. And oh my God, a topic I'm going to really get into as the show progresses. Vontae Davis, the man, the myth, the legend, retires at halftime against the Los Angeles Chargers in a blow in blowout fashion. And Josh Gordon, reported by Adam Schefter, retraded to the New England Patriots. And Mike Trout, expected to receive a lifetime deal for the Los Angeles Angels? Isn't it great to be a baseball player? They give out lifetime deals. They ain't do that in NBA. They don't do that in hockey. And they don't do that in football. Isn't it great to be an MLB player? They get all the money. You know, you get the child in the outfield. You get to do all this stuff. But, you know, Mike Trout deserves it. Some people say he's already the greatest player of all time. I disagree with that. My personal opinion. But I guess, like I said, what the hell do I know? Actually, I do know a lot. Okay. Now, here's something I do want to talk about with Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, I think this has been a theme that I, I, I try to convey throughout the show, right? And I try to use a lot of life examples. Because the Steelers, it, it's almost like, like I said, you know the house in the neighborhood? You know, there's always the parties at that house. The parents always come. You see the parents and it's like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, they are lit as you know what. Oh, my gosh, all the kids go over there to drink and do drugs and do everything else you're not supposed to do when you're pre-18. You know, everybody knows that house in the community. Joe, did you have that house? You knew that house in the community where everybody went to, where the parents were a little? There's always a couple people at my school where there was that house. Yeah, right, Kyle? Kyle? I don't know anyone like that. Okay, no, I'm talking about parents. Like, you know, there's that crazy house where the parents let the kids do whatever they want to do. Hmm. Kyle, you, you, you know. I went to Padua. I don't know. I, I stayed out of that shit. Well, you went to Padua. Kyle, no profanity on the shit. No profanity. <sighs> By the way, Padua, you know Bryce Carmichael? Okay, that's interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Kyle got me sidetracked. But anyway, so like Joe said, and even Kyle knows this to be true anyway. In life, it's a lot about your environments and where you grew up in. And a, a lot of that has to do, and I want to segue to this, the lots of kids that I know, that I played sports with, so they would smoke, they would do a lot. They would smoke a lot of pot, drink a lot of beer, wake up, sleep all, wake up, be up all night playing Xbox, Get sleep in till 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And when they came to practice, they were still good. They were still getting it done. There's a couple kids in my mind, in particular, that, that this really applies to. And they were all in dysfunction. Like I said, the household was kind of dysfunctional. Drinking, smoking, stuff. not really taking care of your body, not eating the right way, not doing a lot of stuff we think athletes should typically do to have success. And they were still successful. I've seen a lot of athletes smoke a lot of pot, drink a lot of beer, and get bigger, faster, and stronger. Now you might be like, damn, Daryl, how the hell does that happen? It's a little something I call genetics, genealogy. <laughs> some people are born with the ability to do that. And then some people are not born with the ability to do that. Some people one dude at the football game, I won't mention his name, in high school I played football with him. He'd come high to the game. Man, he'd get 200 yards rushing. We'd have it cooking. We'd be like, okay, he's getting it done. Our linebacker, he'd come high to the game. He's messing up his keys. The running back on the other team is running by him. we like, hey, what are you doing out there? The coach is like, he's high. He don't know what the hell he's doing. Some people can get away with it. Some people can't. It's just life. Seeing guys at wrestling tournaments. Some guys smoke before they wrestle, and they kick the other kid's arse. While other kids smoke before they wrestle, and they get their arse kicked. 
like I said, it's genetics, it's situation. Not everybody's different. Kind of like the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And both these teams have gone through their fair share of distractions over the last decade, over, over a long period of time. Both these teams have had their issues. Now I just want to read you what's been going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers lately. Okay, so we have Ryan Sharpeneau, former PR guy for the Steelers. He says, AB, meaning Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Big Ben and Big Ben got paid. You know darn well he wouldn't pull up those numbers for other teams. Antonio Brown says, trade me, let's find out. Well, that, that's dysfunction, kind of a trade request. Then he did not go to practice on Monday. Just didn't show up. Everybody's like, hey, where's A.B.? Where's Antonio Brown? Didn't show up. Then Mike Tomlin tries to say, I don't, I'm not going to say if it was an excused absence or not. And when it's not an excused absence, you would say it was excused. Right? You, you would say it's excused if it really was excused. The fact that Mike Tomlin didn't want to elaborate on it means it wasn't excused. Then you have Antonio Brown threatening to punch reporters in the face. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger keeps saying, keeps saying he's going to retire. He's going to unretire. Le'Veon Bell's going to strip clubs in Miami, partying on speedboats, not going to practice. Le'Veon Bell's living his best life, their star running back. The offensive line is criticizing Le'Veon Bell, which you don't see in professional sports. You don't see offensive linemen criticize a star player because he wants his money. Juju Smith-Huster cracked backs Vontae Burpick against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football last year and is standing over him. Not the best look. The Steelers, during the whole National Anthem controversy last year, they all decided they were going to stay in the locker room and be unified, right? That's not exactly what happened. Mike Tomlin, the coaches, stand outside with their hands on their chest. The Steelers players in the locker room, then offensive lineman Charlie Villanueva decides to come out and have his arm out of his chest. So there's three factions doing three different things. A sign of not unity, a sign of dysfunction. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes was the second coming to Brett Favre against the Pittsburgh Steelers last Sunday. But let's talk about the Patriots and their struggle. And now we're all worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, but let's talk about the Patriots. Because we think the Patriots don't have controversy. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, the Patriots way. The, the Patriots have a lot of skeletons and a lot of dirty laundry in that closet. First of all, Aaron Hernandez, who they drafted. Remember Aaron Hernandez? He was playing GTA. He was playing GTA as a side job. He's in prison now. And then he tragically killed himself. Not a good look when you draft a player like that. Rob Gronkowski, the best frat boy NFL player we all know and love. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, their drama. Who gets the credit? Is it the star coach or the star quarterback? Tom Brady going to Robert Kraft, the New England Patriots owner, and saying, hey, get Jimmy Garoppolo out of here. Bill Belichick deciding to have a coup d'etat and say, I'm going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo for only a second-round pick when the Cleveland Browns were going to give me, like, multiple firsts to screw over the Patriots. And the Patriots, they get their doors blown off by the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles. And while we're all impressed by Patrick Mahomes, let's not mistake, we all have more faith in Patrick Mahomes than we do in Blake Bortles. And I could go on Spygate, Deflategate, a lot of controversy in New England. There's been a lot of stuff in New England. But right now, ask yourself this question. Who do you have more faith in right now? The O 
one and one Pittsburgh Steelers are the one and one New England Patriots. Now, like I said, both these teams have their, their set of controversy. Both these teams are coming off disappointing games where their secondaries got lit up. But who are we really worried about? Nobody's worried about the Patriots. Most of you out there probably still think the Patriots will win the AFC. Right now, a lot of people, do you think that the Steelers are definite to win the AFC North right now? Really? Joe, do you think they are? No, I don't. I, I have more faith in the Bengals right now. Do you think the Patriots will win the AFC East? Yeah, not, not a thought, thought in your mind, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. But here's what I go back to. Like I said, some people, I knew people in college. I, you know, I'll tell you, the St. Patty's Day my freshman year here in John Carroll, there was a kid that took a test drunk. And I think he passed. Listen, I'll tell you something. There are a lot of things I think I can do. I don't think I could do something like that because that's not me. Some people can do certain things that other kids can't do. Like I said, the one kid can smoke weed and get 200 yards rushing on game day, Friday night lights for high school football. The other linebacker is lost looking side to side. What am I doing? Both these teams are in dysfunction. The Patriots can thrive in dysfunction. The Steelers have underachieved. They've underachieved with their talent. Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback, Antonio Brown, Hall of Fame wide receiver, Le'Veon Bell, Hall of Fame running back. They have a good offensive line. Juju Smith-Huster, a great number two receiver. Lord have mercy. Pittsburgh Steelers, they are loaded with talent. Talent has never been their issue. But yet, they lose the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round. They lose. They get lit up by Blake Bortles, like 42 to 45 or whatever. The year before that, they lose to the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Yes, I know. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have their issues. But guess what? They've been to three of the last four Super Bowls. And they have their issues. The Patriots don't underachieve. The Steelers haven't been to a Super Bowl since 2010. Now, I just mentioned to open the show. The last time the Browns won a game was 635 days ago. I was a freshman in college. The Steelers haven't, won a, haven't been to a Super Bowl since 2010. Guess what Daryl D was doing in 2010? <laughs> you want to guess how old I was? What I was doing? What grade I was in? Take a guess, Joe. How about you, Kyle? Take a sixth guess. Grade. Sixth grade. Kyle's right. Daryl D was in sixth grade in 2010. That's a long time ago. I'm now a junior in college. A really long time ago. Almost a decade ago we're coming up on. So, the last time, like I said, the last time the Patriots in the Super Bowl, damn, just last year, I was a sophomore in college. Big difference in time. Big difference. Some people can deal with issues, others can't deal with issues. Now, cut them next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to ask a couple questions. First of all, why would Jimmy Butler want to go play for the Los Angeles Clippers and not play with LeBron James? We're going to have to dissect this. Cut them next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with Barbershop Sports Talk. Joe thinks my voice when I say oh sounds a tad bit suspect. Joe, you want to tell everybody what you said? Don't say it, Joe, because it's not FCC appropriate. But he thinks it is, uh, I have some lungs on me, I guess, right? Okay, the night train, choo-choo. Okay, yeah, that, that was a little bit too far. Okay, now, Jimmy Butler, as we all know, he's requested a trade from the Timberwolves, from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he wants to either go to these places, the New York Knicks, 
the Los Angeles Clippers or the Brooklyn Nets. Now, here are a couple things I want to take away from this, and this goes into the whole Kawhi Leonard drama as well. Why do stars all of a sudden want to play for the Los Angeles Clippers? They're like the ugly stepchild of Los Angeles. You know, the one nobody cares about. The, the one, nobody goes to Clippers games. The only Clipper fans, Clipper Daryl, right? <laughs> Clipper Daryl. I don't know anybody else that is knowingly a Los Angeles Clippers fan. It's mind-blowing to me. The second team in L.A., most of us know the Los Angeles Clippers for what Donald Sterling did than their actual play on the basketball court. Let, let's be honest about this. For God's sake, they were in Buffalo first, then they went to San Diego. Now they're in Los Angeles. They've migrated. They've, they've been in different locations so many times. Clippers, they're the fifth biggest draw in L.A. And, and that's lucky if I'm saying they're the fifth biggest draw in L.A. The Lakers are a bigger draw. The Dodgers are a, bitter, a bigger draw. The Angels are a bigger draw. The Rams are a bigger draw. Not to mention UCLA basketball, USC football. So in the, the LA Galaxy, the soccer team, I think that's a big. So we're getting, they're like eighth on the pecking order. Not to mention there's a whole lot of other stuff to do in Los Angeles. You can go to clubs, you can go to bars, you can go to movies, Hollywood. So in terms of what people are doing in their free time, the Clippers are like, you know, 12th on the list, right? They are 12th on the list. Now. So why would these stars all want to go? Why would they all want to go to the Clippers? And here's what I'm thinking. The organization's shifting a little bit. Then let's think about this. They now have Doc Rivers, championship pedigree. He was a former player. Doc Rivers is highly respected in the NBA. Jerry West, one of the greatest players to ever play in NBA history. The NBA logo, one of the greatest general managers ever, arguably the greatest general manager ever. He built the Kobe Shaq Lakers. He helped build the Golden State Warriors. He was the one that said, hey, we shouldn't trade Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson's going to be a star in this league. Jerry West is a supreme architect. Then, third, Steve Ballmer, the star owner. The richest owner in the NBA. That means something with, with star players. The richest owner in the NBA. You know he ain't, he ain't going to be afraid to pay money in the luxury tax. He ain't going to be afraid to pay you your money and be afraid to foot that bill. Because you know he got money to burn and money to spend. And then the next thing I think about is, they don't want to play with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers? Didn't we all say that LeBron is the best player in the NBA? He's, in my opinion, he's top five all time. He's not number one all time. That's Michael Jeffrey Jordan, but that's all another story for another day. But, but he is in the conversation for the greatest ever. Make no mistake about that. Some people think he is the greatest player ever. Yet star players like Jimmy Butler... Kawhi Leonard don't want to play there with LeBron James. Isn't the greatest thing we say about LeBron James, it's not his scoring, it's not his rebounding, it's not his defense, it's his passing. He makes other people better. Yet other stars don't want to come there and be made better. That's mind-blowing to me. That's an anomaly I just don't quite understand. Here are some reports that I want to give you that, I, that, I've, just been, that I've heard. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, LeBron James' arrival as the franchise cornerstone may join the Lakers less appealing for Butler in the prime of his career, a.k.a. that means Jimmy Butler don't want to give away that, that, that shine. He don't want to play second fiddle to LeBron. And we've seen this. Kyrie didn't want to play second fiddle to LeBron. That's why Kyrie said, I gots to go. And let's also remember this. Chris Bosh, when he played with LeBron, his stats went down. Kevin Love, when he first went and played with LeBron, his stats went down. Don't forget this. And here's what this Jimmy Butler thing, I think if it's taught us anything in sports, here's what it's taught me. Number one, 
In basketball, it's ever-evolving. The Clippers, they were a clown show. And now they're a legit destination. You know, the owner, the management, the coach. All that stuff can change an organization's appeal. How we think of the organization. Number two, playing with LeBron James ain't as nice as it seems. That might be a controversial statement to make, but Kyrie said it, Jimmy Butler saying it, Kawhi Leonard saying it. There are a lot of stars that are saying, no Moss. We don't want to play with LeBron. Because let's remember about this about LeBron. LeBron's a little bit of a diva. LeBron could get coaches fired, a.k.a. David Blatt. He tried to get Spo fired, but, but Pat Riley wasn't going for that. LeBron James takes over an organization, takes over the room. There's a lot more pressure on you when, when LeBron James is in the building. There's a lot more pressure on you. And LeBron James dominates the ball. He dominates the offense. He dominates the room. He dominates everything, as he should. He's LeBron freaking James. But that doesn't mean other star players have to deal with that and have to adhere to that. And another thing, let's never forget this. My dad always tried to say I'm not a ball player, so I don't understand. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you, Dad. Don't underestimate it. This is what NBA players like. Butler's list is funny. The Brooklyn Nets, not a winning team, but big market. Then you're Knicks, not a winning team, but a big market. The Los Angeles Clippers, not a winning team, but a big market. Never underestimate how much market size means to a young man between the age of 25 to 30. Never underestimate that. Never underestimate how much nightlife means to a young man in between the age of 25 and 30 with a lot of money to spend and a lot of money to burn. Don't underestimate that. There's a reason what Oklahoma City Thunder traded for Paul George. They didn't try to woo him in free agency. You want to know why? Why the hell would Paul George go to Oklahoma City? There's like one restaurant in the town, and it's an old tavern. Cleveland. Love Cleveland. Cleveland's my adopted home. Cleveland ain't Los Angeles. My, bro my brother goes to school in Chicago. Cleveland ain't Chicago. Cleveland ain't, Cleveland ain't New York City now. The big markets have a decided advantage. Kawhi Leonard wants to, wanted to leave the San Antonio Spurs. He won a championship with them. Greg Popovich is the greatest coach in the NBA right now. Some people might say he's better than Rod Auerbach and he's better than Phil Jackson. Some people might say Greg Popovich is the greatest coach in NBA history. Yet Kawhi wants to leave that great organization, the San Antonio Spurs, to go to Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Clippers. That's where he wanted to go. And then he get traded to the Raptors. Never underestimate how much the extracurriculars outside of basketball can mean to a player. Now it's time for my segment, college football first four in, last four out. So we're going to start with Alabama, the number one team in the country, headed by Nick Saban. They beat Ole Miss 62-7. Tail tag of Aloha is a monster, dominates again. This Alabama team is the Death Star. Number two, I have Ohio State moving up. A couple slots in my power rankings. I have Ohio State, too, because they scored 40 points on a very good TCU team from the Big 12 that is a top 15-ish team in terms of talent, and they just handled them. At some points of the game, it was close, but really at the end, you could tell Ohio was just a bigger, better, faster, stronger football team. Ann Arbor Meyer is coming back, and don't underestimate how that can be a rallying cry. Three, I have Clemson. They beat GASU 38-7. Kelly Bryant is still solid as ever. The D-line is amazing. They get after the quarterback. They're just a very good football team. I still have them at three. Four, Georgia. Lord have mercy. I might, in the top 25 polls, have Georgia two. I will not have Georgia 
to yet, but they are impressing me. And the more they go through their SEC schedule and they play teams like Florida, they play other teams out there in the SEC East, they'll play some teams in the SEC West. We need to realize this Georgia Bulldogs team is a team to be reckoned with. Jake Fromm is super good. Uh, I was just reading an article by Matt Miller from Bleach Report. Scouts are already looking at Jake Fromm for his NFL potential. They have like four running backs. They have receivers. They have a great defense, a great defensive front seven. It does not let you get the edge. I have Georgia at four. Number five, I have Oklahoma, they beat Iowa State 47 to 37. The defense does slightly concern me, but oh my lord, Lord have mercy, that offense. Kyler Murray, like I keep saying, Kyler Murray is special. Kyler Murray, it is like I am watching Lamar Jackson in Oklahoma Sooners uniform. There is nothing he can't do on the college football level. He has a bit, he has a strong arm. He's accurate. He's accurate in between the numbers. He's accurate outside of the numbers. He's fast. He's quick. He's electric. He's a playmaker. Not only that, you have Trey Sermon, who I like. The other running back at Oklahoma, do not sleep on this man. Like the offensive line, like the receivers are small. They're quick. They make big time catches. At number six, I have LSU. They beat Auburn 22 to 21. This LSU team, they are a monster their defense their front seven is legit and the, for, the, for the first time they have a legit starting quarterback jake burrow he's the son of a head coach he knows how to play the game he has a good feel for the game this L lsu team will be a dangerous team in the sec west so alabama's gonna have to watch out and they already took out auburn and mississippi state's gonna have to watch out for them this lsu team is going to be very tough especially let's not forget to mention alabama's gonna have to go to death valley one of the hardest places to play in college football Number seven, I have the Stanford Cardinals. They beat UC Davis 30 to 10. Bryce Love is going to come back this week. I'm going to I'm going to like that, and I'm going to bank on that. Bryce Love is going to bring some electrifying ability to the Stanford Cardinals offense. We have not had the Bryce Love of old yet. He had a bad game, then a pretty good game, then he was hurt. So I think this week four, we're going to see the full Bryce Love experience get this offense. The Stanford offensive line is very good. Their defense is solid. I like the Stanford Cardinals at seven. And at number eight, I have Auburn. I cannot drop them too low as to me, they are still a top eight team in the country as I have them eighth. I think they are a better team than Stanford, but since they lost, I will put Stanford ahead of them. Their front seven is one of the best in college football. It's a top three, top five front seven. I love their quarterback, Jared Stratton, big, strong in the pocket. I, I just like the way they run the ball. I love their physical offensive line. I have Auburn at number eight, and I cannot drop them, like I said, for losing to LSU, who have I had six in the country. And that's it for my college football first four in, last round. Now, coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have my man, Scotty Johnson, coming up after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Scotty Johnson from the city. How are we doing today, Scotty? Great, man. Great. Okay, now, Scotty, you are a, well, you're not a Browns fan, actually. Let me rephrase that. But the Browns did win on Thursday. Baker Mayfield came on for my man, Tyrod Taylor, who was struggling. He was playing atrocious. It was like 4-14. The guy got cussed. got taken out. Baker Mayfield came in. Baker, magic happened. The Browns went 17, 21-17. Uh, their first win in 635 days. Scotty, you were just telling me before we went on here, that was during Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Scotty's like, damn, I was a freshman in, in college. Mm -hmm. Just describe how long ago was that? Just like, just put in emphasis. How long ago was that? I mean, it was it was two years ago. Like, that I didn't I didn't know anything about that though until I watched the game. I didn't know the drought was that bad. I thought it was. Uh, I thought the only time we ain't win the game was uh, was um, 
last year. I think we, I thought we did win a game last year. I don't know. You know I me. Mean? I'm paying attention to, to the football, but I do pay attention to the Browns, and I'm glad they got they they got that. Like I watched that game from start to finish, and you could see like how the momentum changed as soon as they put my man Bake in. Do you and your think boy Tyrod wasn't getting it done? He was not getting it done. But do you think, and I think I know what you're going to say this, what are the chances that Baker Mayfield could ever surpass the king himself, LeBron James, in the hearts and minds of everybody from Cleveland? Oh, yo, 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 yo. That's going to take, take a minute. What, does he have, what does Baker have to do? First of all, he got to – if we talking, like, LeBron-level status, like you're talking about as far as being, like, uh, impact or, like, like – the best player like in the league and or like both. No, in terms of the, the, the admiration, like everybody's adored like impact, he's loved right? in Cleveland. Like yeah. the impact, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See that's gone. Cause LeBron, you gotta think about it. LeBron basically grew up here, basically was the good guy, turned into the bad guy, and then back to the good guy. So like he been through like the ups and the downs. I feel like but Baker has too before, you know, the pros, like everybody had their ups and downs with like they sport, like, you know, going through their sports life, but I think it's gonna it's gonna take a minute for him to be like really like get celebrated like that in Cleveland. To be honest, he kind of is. You can see like it's starting because you know LeBron left, so we really don't have anyone like you know to look on that. And that by him be, and by him being a quarterback like that's to me that's like the best that best man for the job. I feel like he, he it, it's a possibility it can't happen. I ain't saying it can't happen, but it's gonna take a while. But what do you think he would have to do? What, what, tell me, what, what does Baker have to do to surpass what LeBron? You gotta. First of all, LeBron was a walking ticket, bro. When the man left, the economy was was terrible. When he came back, it went straight back to how it was before he left and better. Like he gotta have impact like that. Like, ooh, sorry about that. He gotta be a walking meal ticket. I like that's what I call it, a walking meal ticket. He ain't a walking ticket, and you can't like attract money but off your name. Then that's you know you gotta bring you gotta be able to bring money to the city. That's what LeBron did. Okay, now we talk about things. We talk about, you know, people having admiration for somebody. They're in the NBA, there's been people that it seems to not been having admiration for each other with. Jimmy Butler, Minnesota Timberwolves, him, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, they all don't see eye to eye. Scotty, tell me what you make of this. Apparently, there have been reports there's a love triangle. Jimmy apparently was talking to Carl Anthony Towns, a girl. Now, I'll tell you something. You know that's why Paul George and Roy Hibbert fell out in Indiana. And remember when they were like the one seed and they dribbled all the went all the way down to the number two seed and they got spanked by the Heat? I ain't know that was the. I yeah, that, that, that was, I was I part of it. Paul, Paul George apparently was. Uh, that, that's why Roy started struggling a little bit in the second half. And, and Roy started getting the shot blocked by a six foot, six foot guy. And Roy, so tell me, how big of an impact does that type of stuff have in the locker room? I mean, I didn't know that type of stuff goes on in there in their locker room. Not saying that like. No, no, it's been reported. I'm not saying it's that, but it's been reported. So wait, that's what that's been reported with the Jimmy Butler thing. Yeah, that that oh, was right. an issue. That's an issue, and there's other issues too. J- Jimmy I Butler it was just on the court stuff. Uh, a, there have been reports, and I don't I don't know if this is true or not. Uh-huh. That Jimmy might have been well, who? with who with cats. He might have been talking oh, to. That's that's see, yeah, that could have a big impact, like especially by them being grown men. And I don't care what anybody say, like everybody. Got they, you know, got every, almost every man is insecure to a degree. So like stuff like that. If that is true, that's bad on I say Jimmy's in because he's the one that was. If, if it is true, that's he's the one that's in on Carl's yeah. piece, right? Yeah. See, that's you can't do that to teammates. Like I feel like in order to succeed, 
in, in, in like in any pro sport or just sports period, like you gotta have like a good connection like with your teammates. You can't walk over the walk on their toes or you know, don't do anything that'll like mess up the chemistry. I was about to say something bad. Like, <laughs> like, don't do anything to mess up the chemistry. Like you think like take a team like Golden State. Like the reason why they can keep that core together is because they you know they. They had a good relationship with everybody. Yeah. And, like, the Timberwolves had, like, a legit decent team. And, and for they, people they that might. They had to keep that threshold together. And so. then for people might say, this it's is high sad, school man. stuff. You can't get mad about that or whatever. I just want people to just paraphrase this. You don't do that to you your teammate. Do you don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a couple of things you don't do. You don't talk about other people, especially men. You don't talk about the mama. You don't talk about the, you don't the talk woman. About family yeah, period. you don't talk about the woman especially. You don't talk about the mama, and you don't talk about the woman in their life. Yeah. Because if you do those two things, you got that problem. And you don't talk about other people's money. You don't do that either. Exactly. You do those two it's things. It's just certain things you don't gonna do out of respect. Problem. Yeah, it's just certain things you don't do out of respect. Man. Now, something that we do know, more legitimate reports have been that, uh, just on the court side, Butler doesn't respect Andrew Wiggins. He thinks Wiggins is soft, and mm. he doesn't think and Kyle Anthony Towns is serious about basketball. Mm. Now, explain how those type of stuff can damage the locker room. Because we know Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a guy that, you know, is all about. He leaves, lives, eats, sleeps, breathes basketball, goes 110% every time he's on the court. And if he doesn't see other guys are doing that same thing or he sees that they're getting punked, how can that affect the guy? Oh, yeah, see, I could with – with that, I can understand both sides. Like, I can understand where, like, Jimmy coming from, where, like, he felt like he's putting in work and he's working hard and he's doing all this and that. And then if the teammates – if he see his teammates, you know, slacking off or they getting punked or – and they like respond to it not in the way that he would. That can like you know, cause it's like I'm I'm not just doing this for me. Like I'm doing this for all of us. So all of I'm trying. I want all of us to like you know to win to succeed. So like, but I can also understand like Andrew Wiggins' side too, where it's like, bro, like you just came here. Like you know, like I ain't trying. Like I know you like a vet and all that, but you know, give it time. Like we all like you know, we all gotta be in this thing together. As far as like, but. I always had like my own little thing about that team, bro. Cause like watching them last year, they didn't feed Carl a lot than they did like the, the earlier years. His rookie year and his second year, that was what last year was his fourth season. Yeah, fourth season, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like his first three seasons, they used to feed him a lot, and then as soon as they got Jimmy Butler, everything started circling around him. I felt like that it's not gonna work because he like Jimmy Butler kind of got like like a Kobe mentality, like it's. And, and something else I want to say about you mentioned that Kobe, that Kobe mentality, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, his his path to being a star in the NBA is not like Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. We're talking about Andrew Wiggins. Uh, everybody knows him coming out of high school, star player at Kansas, number one overall draft pick. Carl Anthony Towns. Everybody knows who he is, star player at Kentucky, uh, number one overall draft pick. Average eleven points. Yes, uh, but I'm saying number one overall draft pick. We come in Jimmy Butler. People ain't know who Jimmy Butler was coming up. People ain't know who he was when he was drafted. Drafted at the bottom of the first round. Had to work his way into being a star on the Chicago Bulls and kind of gradually came up from there. So there's a different type of, of way both of these all these guys got to the NBA while it was more given to Carl Anthony and Andrew Wick. You know, they were more anointed stars. And Jimmy Butler, you know, he had to fight to get on a roster spot. He had to kind of earn all this. So I think when a guy like him might see them, he doesn't seem that they're working all that hard in his opinion because he's working so hard that can kind of bug a guy. Yeah, and like, but everybody, you know, when it comes to that, and like, once you go after, um, once you leave high school and you enter college, everything is is is, is different. Like, y'all all in the same boat, but it's like you gonna have the players that's like that's young that's gonna be in the spotlight, and then you got the players that's like Jimmy's like person like Jimmy you would say got overlooked, like you know, then nobody know about him. He had to. 
put in that extra work, I like to call it, because you're already putting in work to get to the league, but there's some people who got to put in, who got to work harder than other people. And that's what I think he tried to, like, stress to them is that, like, it don't matter. Like, don't don't get too complacent. Like, you know what I mean? Don't get too complacent. And do like, you think their issue is they're just not hearing it like that right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and they, you got to think about it, too. Like, they young. Like, they trying to, you know, they got – their mindset is different. I feel like once – it's probably different. It's probably they'll probably get on the same page now because they get, they got a chance to go to the playoffs and lose. So like now they got a chance to like you know. So if you're the T Wolves, do you trade Jimmy Butler? I wouldn't trade him. No. So you just be like, course, you can go request a trade if you want to. We go on in the season. Gotta, yeah, yeah, I got to deal with it like for real because that's they got a they got a good talented team. Like who won? Who would want to break that up? Like you know what I mean? I say let it ride out to it's up to it's it's up to him to leave or not. Actually, I'll even say this. To, to me, the T Wolves. Only way I trade him is if I can get somebody, if I can get something good out of it. That's the only way if I trade it. But like, if I can't get nothing for him, or like if everybody locked in, don't nobody want him, you might as well just keep him. I say let it ride out because he's leaving anyway. So, ah, if he's leaving, you might as well. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, you might as well get what you can for. Him. Now Wiggins and, and Stacks, and uh, Stephen Jackson, they was having some beef, Stacks. some beef because Stacks was talking. Stacks was talking about was on Jimmy Butler's side talking about you know bring that same energy. That Wiggins basically called him a bum. You know what? You wasn't even good anyway. So does Wiggins want those problems? I don't think he do. I wouldn't want it with Stacks. Stacks from the hood. He he let that be known. And from Canada. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like Stacks about that, but I don't really like it though. I don't like it when the old heads beef with the young heads. Like I feel like both sides. And end of the day, the old heads look 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 bad. But to me, both sides. To me though, bad. Jimmy Butler has that mentality that Stephen Jackson does a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you know, don't you? I'm, I'm gonna speak my mind, and you know. Do something about it. Yeah, it's either you gonna like it or not, and like you could call me a bum or something. But at the end of the day, though. No, here's actually what I worry about this because I think Andrew Wiggins is in that social media generation. He think they just talking, they just talking on Instagram and stuff. But but Steve is really not like that. Steven might really try to seek him out and be like, "What you said?" That that's what I worry because Andrew might be interpreting this a different way than now Stack is interpreting this, right? That that could be an issue. And that's the thing I don't like about social media, though. Like. Because he has to realize Stephen Jackson's from a different generation. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and from a different place, a different background than yeah. him. So you can't play with nothing like that. But that's that's one thing I don't like about social media, though. Like, it's it's everybody interpret things differently, and like they interpret it in different ways. So like, if I was if I was to say something in a jokingly matter, that doesn't mean anybody else to take it like you know as a joke. That's probably and it probably was like like I said, I ain't really deep dig dive, dive in deep too much because I don't. Beef nowadays to me is, is, is it just, I just don't soft. get it. Yeah, like I just don't get it. Either somebody's gonna die or somebody's gonna get beat up. Point blank, period. Like if y'all just gonna talk about it and nothing, or even like you can like talk about it and like and discuss like the, what's the issue and then try to solve it. But if it's just going back and forth, then it's pointless to me. Like I don't understand it. That's just me. Now, what I also wanna ask you is, and I was thinking about this. To me, the Boston Celtics need to make a move and try to trade for Jimmy Butler. Gordon, trade Gordon Hayward. Uh, I think they have to make the salaries match with one more plan. They can do that. And all the, the bevy of picks they have. If that happens, Boston could beat Golden State. True or false? I think they could beat Golden State now. No, but I'm saying if you if you switch out Jimmy Butler for Gordon Hayward, how much better does that make Boston? Yeah, it's the same. To well, me, it's the same. How is that the same? Well, we haven't got a chance to see Gordon Hayward play with Boston. Though. Okay, Jimmy Butler is way better than Gordon Hayward. I ain't going to say way better. He's a way better defender. Let's get that out the way. That's the defender. Uh... Gordon might be a better, and then in that, and then in that system though, and that type of personality, like we haven't seen, we didn't see what it, what it, what he could be. That team be Golden State too, like without 
Jimmy Butler. So bold about the okay. First I think of all, I honestly think if they was to go to the finals last year, if they was to beat the guys, they probably could have beat the Warriors. To me, that's a stop it, Scotty. With, yeah. with Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, no Kyrie. Mm-mm. You think they could have beat the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, yeah, Kevin know, Durant? Yeah, you know why? Because they'd have been just as physical back with them. They'd have been physical. That's all you gotta do though, like to beat Golden State. That's how I feel. All you gotta do is just be physical. Like everybody play physical. They'd have played Golden State just exactly how physical, how hard they played us, and that oh. would have slowed them down. Now, Scotty, I was on social media and uh, what was it? Timeless Sports. They had this question. How many points would Shaquille O'Neal average using the NBA today? And I was thinking about this because, you know, we talked about the era of the big man being gone, and I was thinking right now, Shaquille O'Neal was in the NBA right now in his prime. How good would he be? I mean, the era of the big didn't really go nowhere. They just used differently now because you still got, you know, centers who still balling. It's just they play differently now. So do you think he'd be – I think that he would be in his prime. You're talking Lakers Shaq, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's they a good question. Bro. They won't do nothing with him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he handled the pick and roll the on rule, defense. Yeah, but. and that's the thing, though. Like, he can't he can't shoot. And also, the pick and roll, yeah, like on defense, the vo- like a team like Golden State, as soon as they get him out the paint, it's over with. The thing, though, is – And then you got other stretch the, Okay, here's my thing, though. Draymond Green can't do nothing with a prime security on no, defense. No. I, I mean, Draymond Green is 6'6", 230. Probably six seven. I say six seven. Oh, okay, six seven. Maybe six six for shoot. What I shoot? Let's do six seven. Shaq is seven foot one three twenty. With po- Shaq would demolish Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. But but Shaq can shoot free throws neither. So Draymond probably will hack him every trip and won't have a problem with it because he can't shoot. Anybody do it. And like that's the thing though. Like he'd be good and he probably would like win a few chips in this era. But I feel like it'd be different because all the even though. Like, the game style would be different. Like he had to check centers that can shoot threes. He had to check centers that centers that can shoot threes. Like, okay. Now we're gonna take a quick break. Then coming up right next after the break on Barbershop Sports, I mean Scotty, we're gonna talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick and something that a Texas superintendent said about my man's Sean Watson. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports, I still have my brother Scotty Johnson with us. Okay, Scotty, after the break, we're just letting you know what this Texas superintendent said about Deshaun Watson. For those of you who don't know, uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, has been having struggles. He's not been as good as he was last year when he took the league by storm coming back from his ACL injury. Mm-hmm. But after the game with the Titans, what this Texas superintendent said was, you can't trust a black quarterback when it comes to precision and decision making. You can't trust a black quarterback. And then he walked back his statements when he had huge blowback by the media, and he said, I regret it, but over the course of NFL history, they haven't had a lot of success. Scotty, what's your first reaction when I tell you something like that? Uh, it's a, it, Well, there's mixed emotions. On the other hand, I'm surprised. And then on the other hand, I'm not surprised because I'm pretty sure there's more people like that, like him, that think like that. Uh, it's... To me, it's sad though. I think that they really, well, I really, you know, I don't follow football like that much, or like I know, I know like a little bit about it, but I know, I know for the most part that black quarterbacks have, you know, they don't get like the 
right end of the stick. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like, you know, if it's the players themselves or is it's like does the team act does team do teams actually give give these people like do they give them chances to show their skills or not? And I I don't it's a little bit of mixed emotions. I don't like hearing stuff like that. It makes, I just want why can't we just succeed? Why can't we just be happy for the guy? He had a start off to a, he had to start to a because he had a start, ah, he started off good last year, broke his ACL. And I think that he's in a place where he got to prove himself. Let the man prove himself. Let him be great. And let's see how it turns out. Who knows? Like, what if he proves him wrong? What if he proves you can trust a black quarterback in, like, crunch, crunch time situations? Or, you know, I respect it. And, like, I love people in sports who love who proves the media wrong every time. But like, the thing is, I do want to say this. Yeah. And here's where I'm kind of – honestly, I'm going to be honest. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I would not really care that much if it was just a regular person saying that. The reason I – well, I would care if it was a media person saying that – He's a superintendent of a school district. Where at? Uh, in Texas, Texas, a school in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> Scotty, okay, Scotty. Uh, we can, that's a whole other conversation. But th- that is what kind of concerns me more than – if it was a regular person, I'd be like, okay, you're just ignorant. But still ignorant. supposed to be a leader, but I'm saying you're ignorant, but you're in a position where you can affect people's lives now because you're a, a superintendent, you're making decisions. And I know something. If he said that, and I was in that superintendent, Mama Lane would be coming in his office. Mama Lane said, said "What you say?" Uh, <laughs> Man, listen, my mom worked uh, like worked so, for school, so I be hearing about how these other, what these other superintendents like, what they think, how the way they act, like you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. I know this is in Ohio, though. I know like for a fact, there's probably more people out there like that that just probably won't. They're probably voicing like in regular conversation, like how we having right now, but. I don't I don't get how someone could be that bold, bro. And there's a lot of people out here that make stuff like that that you know affect other people's lives. Though they just some people just don't care. You said he 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 stand he basically stayed by what is by what he said, so he ain't taking it back. He he said he regretted, but he ain't never said he's taking it back. Now Meek Mill will write a song about Colin Kaepernick mm. and his surprise new album, and a lyric from the song is, they won't lynch him by hanging from a tree, they lynch his bank account. What's your reaction to those lyrics? It's fire. What I expect from me, especially after just sitting down for no reason, that's what I expect. That's all it it is. It's it's rap, it's hip hop. It's supposed to be controversial. Everything about about hip hop and rap was controversial controversial from the time it first started. And it's gonna keep being controversial. That's That's what pushes it. Now, and this is one of the last questions I do have to ask you. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we, we start off, I want to start off with the Texans talking about uh, the, what the Texas superintendent said and then with Colin Kaepernick, what's going on with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. I don't want to get too much into that. But the NBA has had their own mini controversy with Mark Cuban. Uh, came on to ESPN a couple days ago with the whole situation with uh, oh, the, yeah. the workplace environment and then that, uh, with the Mavericks. The workplace environment. What about it? Uh, with uh, sexual assault. Uh, Oh, with, uh, the, 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 yeah. with the yeah, I heard yes. about that. Okay, and he gave ten, uh, got a ten million dollar fine, which is an extraordinary fine for an owner. Leagues don't do that, which lets you know something that something. wasn't kosher happened. Now, here's what I always say because I'm a football fan, and, and if this was the NFL, we'd all be saying, you know, this is the NFL. They're all racist. They're all misogynistic. They're all homophobic. But but this is what I always say. To me, the NBA, the NBA got the same type of people in power as the NFL. It's just that. You, you know, some people just like the NBA more than others. So well, when I hear that, you know, people are kind of letting Mark Cuban off the like, if an NFL owner was doing this, people would be like, get his butt fired, get him out the league. But I'm not hearing that with Mark Cuban. Wait, so what's the what's so the issue is that basically people are 
contradicting themselves. With yeah, where's the blowback on Mark the, Cuban? Where's the blowback on Mark Cuban? I, I think it's probably because popularity. I think basketball, the NBA, is 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 is, is, is to that point where like like you say, like it's it's. It's not that much di- a difference. Because I feel like with all these pro sports owner though, like it's not like it's not that much of a difference. Not you. that much of a difference. Now that like I actually think about it and like you know study like how the way everything is like structured, it's really there's really no difference. The NBA and just does a better job of being a, a hiding it basically, hiding it basically. Like I think I'd rather be you be upfront with me than than lie behind my back. Hey, think this. That's why you got a president. <laughs> being straight up, being being straight up honest, like you know what I mean. This. And that's the thing about in today's time, like that's what I, that's the one thing I can say like that that kind of bothers me. It's like I respect the people that's like you know that that just shows it, like you know. But I, I, I because just think, he, here's my I just thing. think we move back. Here's my thing that's with Mark it. Cuban. He got fined ten million dollars. You don't see that. You don't see sitting people getting fined ten million. No, but he got fined a quarter mil before. So no, no, uh, no. There's a difference between a quarter million, ten million, Scotty. Yeah. That's a big difference. When you get fined that much, that lets you know something that they found something in the investigation that was way off, that wasn't reading right. I don't. So to to me, I'm looking at Mark Cuban a little cross-eyed, and I'm like, if you didn't know, and, and you're the owner, then I mean, then you're just inept. And if you did know, then. You're just a despicable human being that you let all this go on in your office place. So I just don't understand. I wish more people would talk about this because the NBA, NBA owner is the same as base, MLB owners, the same as hockey owners, hockey they're the same as NFL owners. They, they all got a couple things in common. I don't want to get into it. They're billionaires. They all, most part, uh, come from old money. I really don't want to get into but what I think, old yeah, money means. But I, think uh, though, but I think one of the reasons why people that wouldn't have a problem with it, though, is because how the way, like, it's, it's, it's structured, like, as far as, like, contracts and stuff like that. Like, people feel like the NFL is more, excuse me, is more like, you know what? I don't want to say it, but, you know, 1800s. Like, that's true. basically, and, like, the NBA, they, they, get the, they give off the perception that they care about their players. And, like, I feel like the NFL kind of. The kinda, illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the illusion. Care. Yeah. Or maybe that players like LeBron James and Chris Paul don't go for the same stuff that NFL players go to. Yeah, exactly. I think that's more of the issue than and the owners. And they speak up more. That's more of the issues to me than the actual owners. It's that mm. uh, LeBron doesn't go for certain stuff that some uh, NFL players go for. And everybody, yeah, and everybody, yeah, and different sport, yeah, and the sports is different too because you got different sports persona- uh, personalities. So, like you said, LeBron and Chris Paul and them probably, you know, they're not the type that's going to go for none of that. And I honestly do think if more players was to get behind people like Cap or just stand up, period, you ain't got to go You ain't got to go the same route Cap went, but just speak up about, like, certain, like, you know, issues that's going on in the league. Like, I feel like it'd be a stronger league because that's why – I think that's why people – like I really believe that's why people like the NBA, though, because the players – basically, they're starting to – and you could thank LeBron. Basically, the players are starting to take control now. They're starting to take power. And, like, the NFL, I feel like all sports you should do that. But anything you should do that. Like, start getting that leverage. Start making them, like, you have that leverage other than they have more leverage. Like, you know, they got to come to you, not you go to them. Okay, Scotty. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Always love having you on, Scotty. Yeah, My brother always. from another mother, Scotty Johnson. Thanks for having me, dog. Appreciate it. Got to keep doing it. Now, come up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I'm going to talk a little Vontae Davis, the quitter, coming up next after the break.
back with Barbara's Sports Talk. Once again, I want to thank Scotty Johnson for coming on the show. Again, I love Scotty. Love having him on. That is truly my brother from my love and mother. Got a lot of love for the brother. Uh, always enjoy Scotty's takes. Interesting guy. Okay, but now we're going to talk about something that is really interesting to me. So something that is, as a Buffalo Bills fan, it's confusing me. It's irked me. It's, it's downright flat out upset me. Vontae Davis. He retired at halftime of a football game. <laughs> Actually, you know the funny thing about this is, I was talking to, uh, to my dad about this on Monday, and I was trying, and my uncle David, and I was trying not to laugh because it's it's serious. You know, it's quitting when you finish something. You're, when you start something, you're supposed to finish it. It's a breaching contract. It's just downright flagrant and disrespectful to your teammates, and it's a punk move. I would use some other words, but those words aren't really appropriate. But you know what words I'm talking about. It, it shows a lot about it. So it's really not funny, but it's just funny because you know it, it had to happen to the Bills. It had depth in the Bills. My dad said he thinks that he's heard that the Bills are were built on Indian burial ground. So maybe this is the punishing. Maybe we're all being punished up there in Orchard Park for what was done, you know. But maybe we need to move the stadium back to the city. We should move it back to the city anyway for economic reasons. But I don't want to get into that. So Vontae Davis, and it's really interesting. I've been around football my whole life. I played football in high school. I played football in middle school. No football players on the team here, John Carroll, right? Even in sports in general, sports stories, every single sport I've been around, from wrestling to any sport I've ever been around in my entire life, I have never heard of somebody quitting in the middle of a competition or event. I've never heard of it. And I've heard of some crazy things going on. I heard about people fighting over the dumbest things, people getting the butt whooped. Uh, I have heard of crazy things, and I've seen crazy things in life. I have never heard of somebody just in the middle, after, after halftime, coming up, not telling nobody, take a shower, you know, get his clothes on, just tell one coach as he's leaving out the door, be like, yeah, I'm retired. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of that. It's, it's just, it's foolishness, it's bull jive. He's like, screw Buffalo, I want to go home. Leave during halftime. And so let me emphasize this to you. Vontae Davis gave up $5 million so he could just leave Buffalo. Damn. Talk about not being, wanting to be in a place. Vontae getting torched at halftime by the Los Angeles Chargers. Phillip Rivers tossing it up over his head. And then he's like, yep, I, I guess I'm done. I'm not in the right frame of mind no more. Took his shoes off. He got his clothes on in the locker room. Does look coach like I said. He's like, I'm done. You know, you know, this is my last rodeo. The man retired at halftime. The man retired at halftime. And then Lorenzo Alexander, the linebacker and a leader for the Buffalo Bills, was just like, he, he, well, we don't respect it. And I ain't got nothing to say to him. Like, you about to put some hands on him. And lots of people were saying, if other teammates saw Vonta Davis try to leave, like, somebody would have legitimate tried to beat his you-know-what. They would try to beat his butt. Because you just don't do that. It's disrespectful. But here's a fun little secret, and this is why it shocked me that he actually retired at halftime of a football game. Football, and I've played and I've been around it. Football is not fun, okay? Football is not fun. You have to go through training camp. It's a grind. It's nothing but long hours of film session that you don't want to hear, especially if you're not doing what you're supposed to do on film. You don't want to hear it from the coach. It's consistently. You're out in the hot sun. You're just outside. You're like, man, I don't want to do this. It's tedious. The games are the fun part. Playing in front of the lights, in front of a bunch of people cheering your name. That's the fun part of playing football. Getting to play in front of a huge crowd. Getting a big a big hit on another body. Like another live body beside your teammate. That's the fun part of football. Like I said, you know what's not fun? It's film. It's training camp. It's two days in 90 degree weather. 
It was when you lose 20 pounds during training camp because uh, 20 pounds of water weight during training camp because it's so freaking hot outside and you need hair pumped into your air pumped into your helmet. Those are the parts of football that aren't fun. You hate walkthroughs. You hate the lifting. You hate the conditioning. You hate the gassers. You hate the sprints. That's what you hate about football. You don't hate the game. People quit football because they can't play in the game because they aren't good enough to play in the game. That is why people quit football during a game. If they were, and I haven't even ever heard that. I know people that didn't get to play in high school, get to play at homecoming. They ain't quit during halftime. The next day, they just turned in their gear and said, Coach, we done. And that's the more respectful way to do it. Don't quit no damn game. But people want to play in the game. When lots of times when people quit football, it's because they can't play. It's not even if they're getting blown out. I'm in a lot of football teams that got them blown out over in Amherst. That's the reason. But here's the funny thing about Vontae. It's funny that this issue just happens with my team, the Bills, right? Like I said, my dad said it's born on a, it was a, the Rolf Wilson Stadium Orchard Park was on Indian burial grounds. You really think Vontae Davis would have quit on his team at halftime if he was with the 16-0 New England Patriots? You think he would have quit on halftime if he was on a team in the Super Bowl with a team that's in the playoffs? I don't think so. And if he did, he would have definitely got his arse beat. Don't they, Vontae Davis, hope you don't get your paycheck, man. Don't come back. You left in the middle of the game. That is still mind-blowing and crazy to me. When I was reading this on Sunday and I was hearing about this, I was like, this isn't real. There's no way he actually legitimately left during halftime. Like, there has to be more to this story. There, there has to be. Somebody could quit at halftime. And now somebody quit at halftime, they're going to call, I'm pulling Avante Davis. I'm pulling Avante Davis. Okay. Now, before we get into our LM Network radio segment of the show, and in the podcast SoundCloud version, I'm going to give my NFL predictions for week three. So I've been 8-8 eight and eight the last two weeks. Let's hope this week is better. I, I sure hope so. I pray to God. So I have Jets at Browns. I had the Jets winning 19-16. That was wrong. I'm already starting out. Oh, and what isn't that great? Okay. Packers at Redskins. I have the Redskins winning 28-21. Uh, I... I like this Redskins roster. I, I know Adrian Peterson put up a, a big dud, and Alex Smith was suspect, and Aaron Rodgers is still. Aaron Rodgers one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I just feel something. I feel this is going to be an upset special. Redskins beating the Packers. Colts at Eagles. I have the Eagles winning 28-24. Bills at Vikings. I have the Vikings. Vikings going to win 50-3. The Vikings are going to embarrass the Buffalo Bills. Just book that one. Raiders at Dolphins. I have the Dolphins winning 21-14. I do not like the Oakland Raiders roster. John Gruden to me has just been sounding crazy saying I think we need a pass rusher it's like a dog you need a pass rusher bro Broncos at Ravens they have the Broncos only 21 to 20 I like Case Keenum I don't like Joe Flacco Giants at Texans I have the Texans only 24 to 22 the Giants are not a good football team the Texans are a good football team that's just going through a rough patch and I think this is where Deshaun Watson is going to put his foot down and make some big plays that Eli Manning won't Bengals at Panthers. I have the Bengals winning 23 to 20. The Bengals are going to be a sneaky good team. And I think they match up well with the Panthers in terms of physical style that both teams want to play. I think Cincinnati can match the physicality that the Panthers front seven is going to bring with guys like Luke, uh, Luke Kuechly and Shaq, and Shaq Thompson. I think I think that the Bengals can match that physicalness. And I think Coach Cam Newton is going to struggle a little bit against this Bengals defense that is pretty legit. 
Titans at Jaguars, I have the Jaguars winning 23 to 17. 49ers at Chiefs, I have the Chiefs winning 36 to 33. This is going to be a shootout. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Patrick Mahomes, Lord have mercy. Get your popcorn ready. Going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Chargers at Rams, I have the Chargers winning 27 to 24. I think the Chargers are going to make a statement in the Battle of Los Angeles teams. This Chargers team is too good to be one and one right now. Cowboys at Seahawks. I have the Cowboys winning 20-17. This Seahawks roster is not very good, and I think I was wrong about them. I, I thought Russell could get this team together. I thought this defense could mix and match and get back. The Legion of Boom is dead, and it, it ain't coming back to life. And no reincarnation today. Patriots at Lions. I have the Patriots winning 27-17. to I've just been conservative on that one, but I think the Lions, I think they're going to put up a better show than they have. They're not as bad as the Monday Night Football game when they just got obliterated by the Jets. Stafford threw like four or five picks, and the Jets put like 45 on them on Monday Night Football. The Lions aren't that bad, and I think the Patriots are going to try to make a statement after the horrendous play against the Jacksonville Jaguars last weekend. And Steelers at Buccaneers, I have the Buccaneers winning 34-31, to 31, and we are going to sound the alarm on the Pittsburgh Steelers. What the hell is going on in Pittsburgh? And we're going to be like... Jameis ain't getting his job back because Fitzmagic is getting it done. Okay. Thank you. This is the first hour of Barbershop Sports Talk. The first half. Coming to the next half of the break, we're going to be entering our LNM Radio Network only segment on the show, and you can still listen to it via the Columbia, South Carolina radio app. Thanks for tuning in. 